Welcome back to another episode of Give Me Some Truth. It's Dan in the booth with Clint and Mitch on this Monday afternoon. We're going to talk NFTs, nifties, non-fungible tokens, whatever you want to call them, guys. I'll leave it up to you in terms of the actual the name that we'll, we'll go by in this episode. But let's just dig right into it, Mitch. It's uh, an area that I'm less familiar with. You're probably... A little more familiar with it, and then Maybe. there's Clint, who's the uh, the experts. Uh, let's not go that far. Okay, but, the know. NFT. <laughs> yeah, so somewhere in the middle. So these things are, are relatively new to me. I'll say they've been around for a few years, but NFT. Dan said a few different things about them: non fungible tokens. So, what is that? And what it is essentially is a way to utilize blockchain technology to have a unique digital. It could be artwork, it could be a digital video or a form of a trading card, or it could be something like Jack Dorsey did and made a non-fungible token or nifty out of his very first tweet and sold it for, was it millions or was it billions? It was a big, I don't think it's billions. It was millions. Anyways, you can put just about anything that's digital into a nifty apparently and sell them. So I got to thinking, well, is this a good investment? <laughs> Should we dabble? Should we not? What are things to consider? Are you taxed on these things? All these questions from a financial planning perspective popped into my mind naturally. But anyways, NFTs, I'm going to call them nifties for the remainder of the podcast. How's that sound, Dan? I like that a lot. It's, a, it's, it's catchy, I think. I mean, it's kind of got a, you know, a double meaning behind it too. It's, it's nifty, it's cool, and it's also <laughs> you know, just nifty. So It's just easier to say the non-fungible token. Yeah, I remember the, one of the first conversations I had about it was non-fungible token. What does that even mean? So I think just the, it's a little more palatable as as an NFT, but not dissimilar, I guess, from maybe necessarily Bitcoin, Keith, and just in terms of the, the blockchain technology behind it. I mean, can you comment a little bit on just maybe how that may compare or contrast to cryptocurrency? Because maybe a little bit of an, an offshoot there, if I'm not totally wrong. No, I... It's related to cryptocurrency because many of these things are um, paid using uh, cryptocurrency. They're purchased using cryptocurrency, and it involves blockchain technology, which is uh, it's not one in the same with cryptocurrency, but you need the blockchain to make this cryptocurrency work. Uh, and then NFTs or NFTs are um, the blockchain technology that, it's involved with is based on Ethereum and their dApps, which is their kind of app structure. You can build apps um, on the blockchain um, in Ethereum's system. So, you know, it's it's funny because, you know, you think of Bitcoin first, but actually Ethereum is, is the sort of cryptocurrency and sort of blockchain technology that's being utilized behind uh, many of these NFTs. So, what basically happens here is in this uh, in the blockchain there's these uh, tokens that basically you can it's kind of a stamp it's a digital stamp that you can buy and it's basically it's there forever as long as the ethereum blockchain still exists um, and it should forever uh, they're basically saying okay well i hold this say piece of artwork on there. Um, and that's my digital stamp that says that I own uh, the first version of this. And so what's been happening is we've been seeing an increase in these marketplaces. And we can think of these almost as exchanges, or, um, you know, maybe a place that like a Sotheby's, you know, they're in an auction house that 
you know, sells a whole bunch of different items. Well, this is similar to some of these uh, sorts of, um, you know, kind of exchanges or auction houses, if you will, um, on these NFTs. So uh, there's a few of them out there. Uh, one that I've gone to a few times, if you just want to do, for example, I'm not saying you should use this, but Nifty Gateway. Um, and so that's N-I-F-T-Y, uh, gateway as it sounds. And if you go on there, they have a bunch of what they call uh, drops. And those are just new issuances of, um, in many cases, it might be snippets of songs. It could be uh, digital artwork. And this is a wonderful way for people to get paid for some of their art in the internet age. So one issue with that, uh, with the internet, obviously, is that all these images are out there or all this artwork's out there. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily have any value if you just pull it up on Google. But this is a way that uh, if somebody wants to release a limited edition or limited number of something, um, they can actually get compensated for their works. And so you can um, understand in today's society that the consistently underpaid, such as musicians and artists, this might be a new opportunity for them to make some money. And so it's gotten hot really quick. Um, and all of a sudden it's just come into the mainstream almost overnight, it seems. Uh, but the first ones that uh, were released, it was like a crypto kitties game, <laughs> the crypto kitties characters basically that you could buy. And that was like the first thing that, that happened with these NFTs. And uh, now they've sold for a lot of money because they were kind of the first uh, in it. And so you used to have your little kitty and you'd, you'd actually, um, the kitties would like, I think it went something like this. They had like a, a kid basically and you, and you got a random crypto kitty if you, you know, purchased sort of that. And think of it as like a almost a pack of baseball cards and you open it up and you get a number of different baseball cards in it. Well, you get your own crypto kitties that way. So, uh, you know, it's kind of, kind of interesting that it came out of that. And then all of a sudden it's grown into, uh, baseball cards and works of arts and, and NBA top shots, apparently, bitch. I, I know NBA you were kind of intrigued. Shot. Oh yeah. Top shot. I'm sorry. That's yeah. it. Well, I, I suppose you could make it plural if you own several packs, but speaking of drops, a new drop or new pack is dropping today. Really, I don't really have the qualifications for. It's almost like they put these qualifications almost like an accredited investor type of thing. (laughs) They didn't state that, but you need to have like 15 NBA top shot moments. So a moment in NBA top shot world is a nifty. So if we back up a little bit, this NBA top shot is the NBA's way to dabble into basically digital trading cards. So Back in the day, we probably all had baseball cards or some sort of card. Oh, you're probably a hockey card guy. Do, do, do hockey cards exist or is it more of a baseball thing, Dan? They do, but and there's plenty of you know, value to those, but I just never, I never really actually got into the hockey trading card collection. I remember about buying, baseball? I did buy, I had like the whole plastic deck of just totally miscellaneous players from like the 70s and 80s. I'm like, I don't know <laughs> I any of these, of I don't know any of these guys, but you know, you just, it's kind of like a lottery, you know, you just yeah. pick it out at the store and yeah. you get who you get. Exactly. And, and so if, if any of the listeners out there have in some way, shape or form owned a baseball trading card or seen them, you're probably familiar with them. Just think of that in digital form. Now And NBA top shot is the NBA is actually involved. So they, they get a payout, I think on every transaction, whether it's in the marketplace or when they release these new drops. Again, the drop is just like going to Target and buying an old school pack of of tops or uh, what are some of the other brands? Tops, 
Bowman, the, Fleer, Dunruss. Dunruss. I, I was oh, a big Dunruss. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a big. What was your favorite? Um, Do you have a favorite year of baseball cards at all? Or favorite year or, or a favorite design? I remember there was. I had some Randy Johnson. <laughs> Randy Johnson one that looked like his arm was about to fall out of his sockets and it captured this moment, which just about every Randy Johnson, you know, side slinging pitch looked like that. But I had a baseball card that had all this, it wasn't quite holographic, but it had some shininess to it. And I want to say that that release was called like hyper or something. And I don't even remember what, I don't remember which brand Sounds like an upper deck card if it was like it probably was an upper deck. Yeah, upper deck was good stuff. Yeah, I, um, I don't I don't remember. If I could find that, that would be quite the feat because I sold all my baseball cards just to one single buyer at my grandma's garage sale probably fifteen years ago. Yeah, they've become kind of hot again, which is interesting. And I, I think the yeah. whole collectible um, movement has kind of slung back and now you're seeing this as a a different way to collect things. And I think it's difficult for people that are are a little older because they go, well, I don't actually like, I can't physically touch it. And so what people are doing, some people, when they buy these drops, uh, they're actually getting a digital picture frame and then they're putting their nifty on the wall in digital form. So I suppose if you bought a few of them, you could cycle them out. Um, and you actually own that. And so, you know, people might be like, well, uh, yeah, but I, you know, I still can't physically touch it. I get that. That's totally my dad with bu- music. By oh, the way. totally my dad. He will not subscribe to Apple Music. He wants to own the music, right? <laughs> Which is fine. But is he a vinyl guy then? Not vinyl. He has a lot of CDs still. See the whole CD thing. Yeah, that's lost on me. I get the vinyl, but <laughs> the CD thing is streaming's way better. And because and the other question too is, I think people that might fall in that camp would say, "Well, why would I want to buy this?" And I'll just use. Top Shot. I'll stick to Top Shot for a while here. Why would I want to buy a moment that the NBA basically took and packaged and created an NFT out of it when I can go to YouTube and see that same LeBron James dunk for free? Or maybe I have to watch an ad. So very, basically free. Right? Very fair criticism. You don't actually, yeah, but you get, you're not stamped on the blockchain. But you're not stamped on the blockchain. That's it. But one other thing though, is that the NBA still owns it. This is the thing that I, I have an issue with. Like the NBA still owns that moment, right? If the NBA were to get rid of that moment and it wasn't theirs and it was yours and you got to get the royalties on that particular moment, that would be more intriguing to me. This is where I think there's a, a disconnect in there. And I think you'll start to see that some of these nifties, like for example, um, there's nothing stopping these artists from releasing more versions i'll call them prints of their artwork what have you they they keep the rights to them which i mean obviously if you're an artist you're loving this right you get to keep your rights you get to make as many as you want you can say that you're only going to release a few of them but you can release a bunch more later essentially devaluing the whole thing um so you know there's no contractual limit to that yet and so i think that we'll start to see um some of these you know, actually I would love to see some artists sell their whole entire rights to their collection, you know, like Taylor Swift sold it to that scooter guy. Right. And then she made all her own music, but that's neither here nor there. But what if she actually sold it away is on the blockchain. Somebody owned it. Somebody was getting those royalties because they had bought it and then they could sell that to whoever they wanted to. And anybody could, could own that. It's a very democratic sort of thing. If you put it up in an auction house or made a bid on it and then you just bought the whole collection. I mean, I, I love that, but that's not how it is yet. 
Nope. So I guess it could be, but for right now, that's not the case. And this is all very new. I mean, even even on the Top Shot website, it just says beta screaming right across the top on the logo. <laughs> <laughs> Figure so, it out as we go. So, so maybe Meanwhile, that's, some that's of these are selling for millions of dollars. Use that as a small portion of your asset allocation is yeah. maybe what it's saying. Uh, yeah, by, yeah. The, by the way, for disclosure's sake, we're, we're not saying just to go off and buy these things because no. it might not be a very good investment. It's very highly speculative. Very, oh, Ill, illiquid, I should probably say. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it is illiquid or not. I mean, it's, it's in some cases, it's sellable. You can sell it whenever you want. It's just what somebody's going to pay for it. And if you're putting thousands of dollars into these things, which a but lot I've of people I've heard getting your are, money out of some of these programs. Sure, you can sell it and you might have your, you know, account on Top Shot or Nifty Gateway. Nifty Gateway. Nifty Gateway. Is that what you said? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Almost like, almost like Venmo. Right, at least that's pretty common now. Where you just have to wait a couple of days, where you pay. But you know, it's it's almost. I've heard that it's locked up in your account in some of these sites, where actually turning into U.S. dollar, for example, you related it's to, not as liquid as, as some might think. Yeah, you're related to you know, it's related to cryptocurrency, um, you know, platforms and how fast those transactions and how fast those transactions happen. And a lot of times, um, these cryptocurrencies. What we're so used to is that you just go to the store, you swipe your card, and then a few seconds later, that transaction is completed. Well, for every transaction hit the blockchain, it actually takes um, you know these blocks to be mined and basically made on the blockchain. So some of these transactions, when there's a lot of transactions happening, can take a long time to essentially clear. So you know, when we talk about liquidity, it's not like a, a extremely fast um, cash transaction that we're all accustomed to. And furthermore, it's actually quite horrible for the environment because it, there's mining, all this mining re requires a lot of energy because it's a decentralized sort of thing utilizing a lot of computing power. So you know, it can really, first of all, increase your energy bill at your home if you were to mine and secondarily, um, you know, it just is not great for the environment because it takes so much energy. And some of that has been offset by clean energy sources, but a lot of it is not. So, you know, this is one of those things where, you know, it does have an unintended consequence for doing all of these. And some of these artists are having a hard time. I mean, if you think about a lot of these artists are probably more um, climate change oriented or climate, you know, they're a lot, very liberal, I would say, a lot of these artists, you know, so they, they know they're, they're very bought into the climate change argument and they want to be very mindful of the climate and yet they're doing something that um, potentially could be really bad for the environment. So I know that there's some sort of philosophical debate over whether or not you should even be doing these and uh, to what extent. Hey, Dan, question yes. for you. <laughs> Fire away. What does Tom Brady and Michael Eisner have in common? I do not know the answer. They're down with the nifties. Yes. Big names. Big names are getting into this. So not only are we just seeing people that were sitting at home for, you know, all of COVID and quarantine and all that good stuff and thinking of oh, what's the next thing I can speculate on. There are some big names with a lot of money that are going into nifties in some way, shape or form, not necessarily as a speculative investment, but as, as a business, right? So Tom Brady's what's Tom Brady's called. Do you know, Clint? It's coming. I, I forgot what it was. I'm sure it has something. We can Google it. Number twelve. Let's. let's By the way, yeah, Jack, TB twelve nifties. While we're doing trivia, the uh, Jack Dorsey tweet two point nine million, not billion. Okay, but still, that's good. that's a lot of money. That's still a lot of money. Billions would be insane. That would just be silly. 
That would be silly. What did the tweet not, say? Not that 2.9 million isn't silly. Yeah, true. <laughs> for his first tweet. Do you know what the tweet said? I'm trying to look it up in real time. Uh, and so, so this is the guy that started Twitter, by the way, for the listeners that maybe don't know that name. But anyways, while Dan is looking that up, so Tom Brady, I don't know if he's trying to turn into, you know, football's version of it, but but he's doing it, and uh, Michael Eisner, formerly of Disney. So we're talking some big names that are dumping some money into not the technology, but creating businesses or marketplaces out of these nifty. So it's going to be really fascinating to see what other big names and big backers financially start supporting this. Well, I know Tops just got into it or made a big announcement. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for those that are um, not aware, they're a big baseball card company. Um, a lot of us, you know, grew up with Tops. They've been around. Uh, for, let's see, I remember one of the first, one of the best Topps cards ever was a 1952 Mickey Mantle card that is still coveted to this day. Um, you know, my dad put together the 1962 Topps set. Uh, we, we, we used to trade baseball cards. It was a lot of fun. He, he would, he had a, you know, a, a portion of a set and he spent, we spent years together, like cobbling together the whole set. It was really cool. That's now awesome. I guess I, I it, you'd have to, with nifties now, you'd have to cobble together your own digital baseball card set of some sort. Right. Maybe you'd want right. the same number for everyone. You know, if there's 5,000 cards, you want card number 3,000 for all these people. I don't know. There'll be certain ways that we see. I guess you probably won't see too many error cards out right. there. But uh, <laughs> you probably will see some uh, interesting things that, uh, you know, obviously and the limits of the supply of the cards. So it'll be a supply and demand thing. And then these, you know, packs, like you're talking about the top shot. You don't know what you're getting in the top shot. When when a new pack drops, that's just like going to the store and buying a nice foil set of cards. So you get whatever video format. Yep. So then some of them are going to be rare. And so you hope you hit it big. Yep. So it's just a, you know, legalized gambling, but yep. Okay. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And then by the way, this could be a whole different podcast, but tops is going public via S pack. Yeah. I I love me some S packs too. So we can talk about that. Talk about democratized finance there, not having to go through the traditional IPO route, SPACs, big fan. We're we're just here to give Dan some more content to to market. If he hasn't had enough acronyms recently. (laughs) I'm just lost over here. I'm swimming in acronyms. (laughs) By the way, it's it's not an acronym for Tom Brady's company. It's called Autograph. Autograph. So it's not TB12 nifties? I was hoping it would be TB12, but you know, I guess it's not going to go a direct offshoot of his own his own brand he wants to keep him separate yeah you know, true just in case he wants to sell yeah. later down the line it is his thing though right or is it yeah is it yeah that's what i thought so he's not just simply providing some money in the form of investment i mean he's kind of got a seat at the table i mean he's a very forward thinking in this space at least who knows if this could balloon into something huge but i think it's taken a, a pretty calculated risk on on his part to try to jump into the sphere pretty quickly i mean i don't know that there's really that many other athletes at this point in time I mean, maybe you can speak this more about people who are just involved from a, a higher level perspective on this but well with the tops thing i mean are there i mean tops has been a business for a long time though mm-hmm. and then now they're also trying to raise more money via spac like we we're saying but yeah are there additional i guess i'm not too familiar with the tops deal but yeah i mean i just heard that they're going to get into it i don't know that uh that they've announced a lot of extensive plans. But if you think about it, I mean, you know, they need a way to track these digital cards, um, you know, and, and just have them be rare in some circumstances and desirable. So I, I think this has kind of come on so quickly that I've got to figure that digital baseball cards have been discussed a long time, but just kind of a way of how it 
gets done and then they've kind of found out the secret sauce. Um, you know, and then yeah, Top Shot was one of the first ones that, you know, kind of made their foray into this arena. And you can tell with all these just different moments and stuff. I would go look at it. It's, it's very interesting. You know, you see just, it's just like little highlights. Yeah. And I mean, they're, they're kind of cool. So I've, I've got it up here, by the way. And let's just try to buy one. I have never bought a Nifty. Look up a Giannis. See, I'm a big Giannis oh, fan. Okay. All right. Well, let's do that. Yeah, true. We got to play the market. So my, my original search, full disclosure here, I put in a search for Karis LeVert, Duncan Robertson, and Mo Wagner. Does anyone know the the common thing with those three NBA players? I'm assuming they're all Michigan. Yeah, Michigan Wolverines is my guess. They sure well. are. So okay, I'll, I'll I'll clear my Homer search here and let's go to Giannis. Let's put in a good basketball player. Well, hold on. Hey, so I also pulled up <laughs> on a side tab Devin Booker because does anyone know the the connection that I have with Devin Booker? Please enlighten us because I do not. Clint, I'm going. Anything? Maybe it was your neighbor at some point. I don't really know. <laughs> Close. Well, high he, school. He, he grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. He went to my high school for one year. Okay. And then he went to a better high school <laughs> to get noticed by <laughs> the NBA. Essentially, Mitch was stealing all the spotlight on the on the wrestling mat. Is that yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So we got Giannis here. All right. The lowest. Ooh, lowest asked thirteen dollars for a Giannis. Now this is a common card, so it's not very rare. Let's just play the moment. Let's see what happens here. So they say common, meaning that there's like 35,000 yes. plus. Um, all right. So the lowest asked. All right. So here it is. Ooh. All right. Do, do you want to? Oh, Dan, give us the play by play. Dan has a background. In, oh, man. On the spot. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Dan, uh, for okay. a side job, okay. does does commentary or, or sports commentary, I guess is what you could say, right? Yeah. 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 Broadcasting sports right, so commentary. Describe this Giannis Nifty that we're watching right now. All right. So we're still in the uh, the reveal phase here. Okay. Here we go. Top of the key. You know, a little Euro step to the hoop, maybe, and then rejection. I don't know who he's rejecting there on the. Uh, so Giannis made the block. The drive. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I didn't know who was who there at the beginning, so I was assuming it was Giannis on offense. We, we didn't. Not. Clint and I did not prepare Dan at all for this podcast. So Getting thrown into the fire. Yeah, we apologize. All right, so that was, what, 15, 20 seconds there, and this one is currently being sold by 1,972 collectors. The lowest ask is $13. Should I buy this one? No, no? I wouldn't buy any of this stuff. No. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I just... I'm not there yet on the whole thing because of the uh, the ability to just reproduce as many as they, they kind of want. And then you have a common moment. Well, what's that moment worth? That moment's worth just a couple cents to me. I don't know. I don't necessarily want to own that. I think if I if it was like a game-winning shot, you know, or if the Brewers went to the World Series and maybe it was like the final pitch by um, Josh Hader to finish somebody out, maybe that would be like a moment that I'd want to have. I think that's where I would – Focus on owning moments would be moments that are really personal to myself. Um, if I had put my baseball card trader hat on, it would be something that was exceedingly rare, right? You just right. want to find that rare special moment. And then you'd probably over think you're overpaying for it and you're actually underpaying a lot. Right. So I don't know. And, and the thing is too, again, this is highly, highly, highly speculative, right? And if you believe that this is going to be worth a lot of money someday, right? by all means, you can, you can buy some, but don't make it a huge bet as far as your, your net worth or your retirement nest egg. Right. So that's yeah. one thing to just make very, very, very clear, highly, highly speculative. And when it comes to the, the goals that you've worked so hard to and saved and invested for already, I mean, 
don't make any huge knee-jerk reactions here. If you want to put a sliver of money towards it, great. You know, a lot of people have those kind of fun stock accounts, but now all of a sudden we're seeing all these other speculative things that you can, I'll, I'll say in quotes, invest in, right? So that'll be to be determined. And then, and then the other thing too is just on the tax side, I think some people have questions on, well, is it, you know, if I buy and sell and make a ton of money on this thing, right? Is it tax? It's like, well, yes, it'll, yes, it'll tax, be taxed. Tax is a collectible. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and well, well, it depends. Or if you, if you're an artist though, and you're creating it and you sell it, that, that'd be ordinary income, correct? right? Because yeah. it's not, you're not buying something solely for investment. I mean, that's their living and their livelihood. So, you know, if you are creating that nifty and sell it, it, it very much could be ordinary income at that point. But yeah, you're right, Clint. I mean, if you're just buying and selling a piece of art, it's just like the physical piece of art that, you know, might be in your basement. I don't know if, well, if you have a collectible valuable piece of art, do you just stick it in your basement or do you do like, do you have to hire that out for like, you know, the appropriate humidity control and you need to get insurance for sure. And then whether or not you would, I think a lot of people just hang um, prints and then they keep the actual authentic sort of thing in an art storage facility, I would think you know, would be probably the, the best case scenario right there. I, I would say from this standpoint, I echo those sentiments and then consider the taxation. I mean, when we're dealing with blockchain technology, it does mean that this digital stamp exists. So you can literally see when things are bought and sold. Um, and if, you know, the IRS can find out what your username is and take a look at these sorts of things, they can definitely track, you know, your transaction history. So, uh, you know, if you're a frequent trader, you can end up with a massive, massive tax bill unknowingly. So those are all things to be cautious of. You know, if you and I have a baseball card and I bring that baseball card over to your house, that's a physical thing. And you give me cash. It's really hard for the IRS to prove that, you know, but say it the other way, if you're on the blockchain and every transaction is stamped in stone, uh, you know, then you have a little bit of a tougher time getting around some of those laws. So, you know, it sounds like a, a great thing all the time, but, uh, you know, it's it's a moment of caution thing. And we don't generally have a lot of IRA investments into these sorts of things. Uh, Good point. You can finally start to buy some cryptocurrency inside of some of your IRAs, uh, but I would doubt if they would take your money on this site through an IRA. So, you know, there's some other things in there uh, to be cautious of. Uh, you might be able to use a self-directed IRA. I don't know. That's going to be tough. So I was also, since you were mentioning the the ledger and you can see the history of it, on that same Giannis moment that Dan so grace, gracefully described here, I was trying to see if I get the history on that, see how many times it bought and sold. And maybe I'm doing this wrong within Top Shot, but it also says recent sales are temporarily disabled and will be back shortly. Uh-oh. Did the blockchain just break? <laughs> right in front <laughs> of our eyes. Either that or it's a revaluation and all these things and they're really not worth anything. Oh man. Which, you know, you never know. This could be a really this, fast, bubbly sort of thing. It could be. This is this is being sold by Mike Fresh, whoever Mike Fresh is. So we'll shout out to, to him. I hope that's his real name. Here, here's my question for you guys. Putting on your investor financial advisor hats, is this in its current form, is this an investment or is this something else in its current form? I, I mean, I would say that it potentially could be an investment. Um, it's an investment that could provide an asymmetric rate of return. So, you know, we talk about something that's conservative to something that's highly speculative. I mean, this is for sure a 10 out of 10 as far as speculative um, investments go, you know, it's right up there with cryptocurrency. And if you think about it, you're trading, 
you're using cryptocurrency to purchase this stuff, which is in most cases an extremely volatile currency and speculative, you know, sort of item there. You're using that to purchase something that's arguably even more speculative. So, you know, when we talk about things that can provide large rates of return, you know, how do you become rich? Well, you can either, you know, how do you become rich? You can plot along and do what, what we like to do at Walkner Condon is we put our heads uh, down and we build our business and it takes years and years and years and years. And, um, you know, at the end you have something that you can sell and you've invested over time and you, you know, do it the dull, boring and consistent way. You could do it the other way, which is, you know, you put it all on red and you do something extremely speculative and hits for you. You win the lottery in that, in that sense. Um, and so, you know, how many investments can truly provide you that sort of asymmetric rate of return? And I would say very few. So this is one of those out there that, you know, could potentially give you that huge, um, you know, increase in, in value. Um, now, the, the other way is true, too. If you can lose, you know, if you can gain 100% in your investment in a matter of a few days, you can lose that pretty quickly as well if the whole market falls apart. So um, that's why we just believe that people should use this with your gambling money. If you want to gamble on this in quotes, you know, if you want to use this as a, as a big speculative play, go ahead. But you know, caution always as far as how much as this goes. And I think the, the problem is the early success and all of a sudden you start hearing about it and then you just want to do it. You're just like, oh, well, oh some Mitch, articles, are you buying something? I'm trying to. Yeah. Trying you, to. What are you trying to buy? I'm trying to buy this moment because it's, it's special to me. Now that we talked about it on <laughs> Give Me Some Truth, it's it's not a speculative investment for me. This is This is trying to get this moment that Dan and Clint and I are having together here, you know, in history forever. And of course it says we couldn't complete this purchase because it's been canceled and somebody else bought it from Mike fresh before I did. Oh, look at that. That's not fresh at all. Feeding frenzy. Mm. That one hurts. Order My order canceled. has been canceled. Wow. Just flat. Oh man. I want to, I want to see you buy a pack though. That's like one but of that, these days. That pack that it was dropping today, I wasn't yeah. eligible for cause you needed to have like, you needed to already own 15 moments, I think it was, as of oh. Sunday, which I have zero. What's the cheapest moment you can buy? The cheapest? Well, this Yannis one's $13. I think the cheapest I saw was like eight, nine, ten bucks. Let's filter. Let's that, filter this out. That, that moment is somebody just like <laughs> getting buzzed in and then sitting on the bench. Or yeah, exactly. Just, <laughs> or right. just like, Jump ball. <laughs> buy, buy in the, oh, here we go. Filters. Okay. Buy in the marketplace. I want to know if there are like negative moments, like, you know, some guy just gets totally juked and that's his moment. Right. He's just like falling down on his face. Cause See, but that could be over. a sweet moment for the guy that's doing the crossover. Totally. But it depends how you label it. Right. Is it, is it this, the guy that's doing the crossover? Or is it the guy that, you know, Maybe they're selling both sides. All right. For our local listeners, I would say I would make a pitch for a, a Brad Davison charge pack. Oh, oh yeah. As a Michigan yeah, fan, that would yeah. just annoy me. Man. I don't know. Is that, is that going to be a thing where we can buy packs of individual players that we, we really like and maybe there's no value to them to most other people, but to a Wisconsin Badgers fan, you Brad know, Davison taking a charge or Devin Harris hitting a big three back in 03 or 04 or whatever. You $6, know. by the way. I, I see one that. for $6. I see a few. There you go. We'll see. So you can now who's crew enough. Who's like Lugens Dort in Oklahoma City? Do we know who that is? Don't watch a lot of NBA, to be okay. honest with you. I don't either. No, he is an NBA player, apparently. Oh, and okay. his nifty is going for six bucks. Here's the question, technically speaking, Clint. Yeah. What do you, do you get a file? Do you get it physically in like a, a zip drive or? 
or a flash drive rather? Or how do you how do you get this? Well, I don't exactly. No, I mean, with, so with cryptocurrency, you can do it in a few different sorts of storage means. Um, you can have it on an exchange in cryptocurrency, so you can keep it at like a Coinbase or, you know, there's a bunch of them. Um, I'm not advocating for any one, but you could like leave it on that. You can also put it into like hot storage, which is um, essentially putting that onto a file, like onto a zip drive or something like that. And there's cold storage um, where you actually write it like on a piece of paper and you put it someplace. And uh, that's, you know, not tracked by any exchange. You have that. So, I mean, some people literally have probably millions of dollars worth of cryptocurrency uh, written down someplace or printed out and placed someplace because there's this certain address that you have on that cryptocurrency. Uh, And if you lose that or it burns up in a fire, you lose that forever. So uh, my favorite story was when there's a guy, I think, in New Jersey that threw out a hard drive. And I think he threw out. He threw out millions, millions of dollars, um, and it's in a landfill, and he was trying to petition them to go in the landfill and try to find this hard drive that he threw away, and uh, they wouldn't let him. He was going to share, like, 25% of the money. I would be like, dude, go ahead and dig all day. I don't care. Like, try to find it. If you could give, like, the city a whole bunch of money, like, why not? But he, he never found it. Like, he, he wasn't allowed in it, so it's just going to melt and that's all his cryptocurrency gone. Or the city went in and found it themselves, never told him, and then... Yeah, you know, if you had the tokens, you know, if you found the tokens, um, it would be yours. Yeah, and that's... Finders keepers, right? Is that applied in the cryptocurrency world too? Uh, pretty much, yes. <laughs> yeah, because this, this like Mount Gox thing, they had an exchange basically, and, and somebody found a way, uh, a backdoor into these keys because it was kind of an exchange, and they stole the keys, and they stole the money, and there was nothing they could do about it. So, you know, it, this is the problem with cryptocurrency. It's not like a bank where all of a sudden somebody swipes your credit card in Florida and all of a sudden the bank's like, yeah, you don't have to pay for that. Like if somebody steals your money, it's gone. There is no recourse to it. So, you know, um, now back to your original question, which is how nifties work. I have a feeling that there's something like that. Um, although you're generally buying these kind of from exchanges. So I'm assuming there's some sort of way that you could kind of print out your codes and have those. But, um, I think that these are a little bit more on the exchanges sort of thing. So Nifty Gateway, et cetera. Go check out Nifty Gateway. Just see what it is. It's cool. You know, they got a bunch of artists there. Um, that one, there's some EDM artists that are doing, um, you know, some sort of uh, pictures that kind of move a little bit to it. And that's their work and that plays a little bit of their song. And there you go. You get to own that little moment for that. So if you're really into that, that's great. It's just a collectible. You know, I, I'm going to be intrigued to see how people display these things. You know, I think it'll be fun to watch the digital frames and things like that um, and, and see how that's all done. Let me ask you, both of you, this. We can go around the table here. And if you were to take one moment from your life and make it into a nifty, what would that be? Uh, it'd be my hole-in-one that I had. Oh, oh that's awesome. That actually... See, but now if I say something golf related, that's that's just copying you. <laughs> I've never had a hole in one. When I, I, you when I got I, a birdie last <laughs> week, <laughs> that'd be a I common moment. Frankly, I don't know, frankly, I don't know if I've ever had box. a birdie. No, I, I've probably had like one. <laughs> no, I was thinking of when I was still 110 yards out from the hole and I was hitting that for par. Oh, and then, and then you, you and I hit that in. in. So, yeah, you know, usually it would be like, oh, that's an incredible moment. And it was, especially as you're walking up to the flag and 
wondering where your ball is and turns out it's in the cup. But, you know, that was still for par. I should have never been in that situation. <laughs> so that of being in the marching band and uh, looking up at the crowd when um, it was the Rose Bowl. Ooh. And I also did an NFL playoff game too. That was really fun. Is that Ron so. Dane? Ron Dane? Yeah. Ooh. That's tough yeah. to beat. Yeah. Mine are just common compared to that. I don't well, have anything yeah, that's... Uh, could, could we... Could you take the original audio recording from the first episode of Give Me Some Truth and make that into a nifty? Maybe we could. Sell it for big bucks. Six dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Money's money. It's true. Here's, here's my last question to you guys. I'm not going to answer yours because, like I said, a bunch of common memories. Um, but maybe when I got hired by Walkner Condon, you know, that could, oh, be, wow. uh, that could be on the list. Yeah. Um, now I forgot my question, Mitch. <laughs> oh, no. I don't uh, know. Was, was it related to... Was it related to any of the financial or planning related things or was it just more of nifty chat like we've been doing for most of this podcast? Uh, it was mostly, it was nifty chat related for sure. I just, yeah. it's going to come back to me. Maybe. But right. when we, the you could take your, your first out. post on MySpace and put that into a nifty, just like Jack Dorsey did for Twitty, for Twitter. By the way, uh, his tweet was just setting up my Twitter, but Twitter spelled without uh, any vowels. So it was TW, T. TRR, T-W-T-T-R, sorry, is what was oh. his first tweet. Just oh, man. So just he, my Twitter. Well, now we would even drop one of those T's because the the symbol for Twitter stock is just T-W-T-R. Well, and I, he would have known. I, I think he was limited by the characters. See, they remember when they had it so limited? Was it less than, because it's, is it 140 still? What is it? 280. So really? it used to be 140, though. Mm -hmm. Yep, and then he doubled it because okay. people had more to say. Was so was that first tweet limited to like 10 characters or something? It was, uh, I, I don't know the math on that on the top of my head, but it was, I mean, it was probably like less than 80 characters. We'll have to see. Maybe at a future episode, we'll have to talk about how many characters you were allowed when you first got to get in there. I thought it was 140 all along, but maybe not the first iteration when he... I mean, that first tweet that sold in the Nifty was pretty short. You said, I just set up my Twitter. So that's like, what, 20 something? Not many. Just setting up my Twitter. So I don't know if he abbreviated just to be cool or if it was like he was constrained by the amount of characters he had available, but oh. that was 2008. Okay. Nice. I'm sorry, 2006. 2006. Okay. And then I'll go through the one last thing uh, before we wrap it up here. Crypto Kitties is a blockchain game on Ethereum developed by Canadian studio Dapper Labs that allow players to purchase, collect, breed, and sell virtual cats. It is the one of the earliest attempts to deploy blockchain technology for recreation and leisure. The game's popularity in December 2017 congested the Ethereum network, causing it to reach an all-time high in the number of transactions and slowing it down significantly. So it got released in 2017. So that was like the first real iteration of uh, non-fungible um, stuff. So it, it's it's pretty interesting. I mean, that's... That's when it first started, and then you saw how quickly it got adopted, really, in, in 2020 going into 2021. So thanks, COVID, again, for, for another thing, non-fungible tokens. Yep, yep. This is a fun one. Dan, if you ever think of your question again, just let us know, and we can maybe we'll do a quick Facebook Live on it or something. There you go. I'll give you I more content. I don't know content. if it was uh, worthy of a Facebook Live, but... Uh, <laughs> Maybe a Facebook unlive. Who knows? <laughs> okay. We can start selling those, DM by the me. way, too. You know, Facebook lives from Walker Conan's Facebook will be non-fungible tokens in the future. <laughs> That's right. That was my question, actually. Was I, I just remembered it. 
Nice. So from a marketing standpoint, is it like someone like the NBA taking part in this now in this sphere? I mean, I think they're the only professional league that's currently involved in this to the depth that they are, right? Yeah, as right far now, as having yes. a product, yes. yes. I'm yes. sure the other leagues are talking about it, especially yes. seeing some of the success and just the, the the fandom that comes with it. I mean, can't be a bad thing probably for the NBA, I'm sure. Well, I'm assuming too that um, MLB probably has something with tops that way as far as digital assets. Um, so maybe there's something to be worked out now that it's become so hot, but you have to imagine that that's, that's linked together as well. So, well, you know, maybe we'll do an update podcast on this and, Everyone will be owning NFTs maybe by the end of this year. Who it's knows? The new currency. I mean, it could be. Um, so, <laughs> have fun with it. Uh, if you guys have anything that you uh, you know have any NFT stories or any moments that you've bought, uh, you know, leave us comments or send us a note, and, uh, and we'd love to follow it with you. Um, I've really enjoyed following a lot of cryptocurrency holdings from some of our clients and just watching how they're doing. And, you know, every once in a while, you just go buy some Doge and see what happens, you know? Let's see. So maybe this is the same thing. Uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll dabble a little. We'll see. Maybe Mitch is going to be our, our dabbler in NFTs. I so. tried to dabble, but I failed. So. Yeah, apparently they and now I'm locked out. I can't buy another one, they say, for six more minutes. So I can't even try <laughs> to buy another one. <laughs> All right. Great. Well, thanks for joining us on another episode of Give Me Some Truth. Walker Conan Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with the SEC. The opinions expressed by the participants of this podcast are their own and do not reflect the opinions of Walker Conan Financial Advisors. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and is not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific security investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Thanks for listening, and for further information, please visit walknercondon.com.